If you like what you hear on this episode, you're going to want to come check out my new podcast called the Unfuck Your Brain Podcast. What you're listening to right now, The Lawyer's Stress Solution, has ceased production of new episodes. But Unfuck Your Brain is rocking and rolling. Every week, I release a new episode of the Unfuck Your Brain podcast, teaching you the same great tools for taming your brain, but with even more applications to other areas of your life. You can search for it by name. Remember, there's an asterisk instead of the U in unfuck because we like to be polite. Or just click the link to it in the podcast description for this show. I'll see you over there. You're listening to The Lawyer Stress Solution, the only podcast that teaches you cognitive science-based techniques specifically created for lawyers. Learn how to manage your lawyer brain and conquer the stress, anxiety, and overwhelm of lawyer life. Here's your host, former lawyer and certified master coach, Kara Lowenthal. Hello, counselors. It's episode 10 of The Lawyer Stress Solution. I have to say this feels a little bit momentous. I mean, I didn't have any doubt I would get to 10. It's not that many, but it still seems like a milestone, especially to someone who, you know, two or three years ago would never have thought she would even have a podcast. So in honor of the 10th episode, today I'm going to tell you the secret to being a better lawyer, which is the one secret I know you all want. Whatever your practice area it is, whether you're a litigator or a corporate lawyer no matter what your geography is, no matter where you live, right, the secret is the same. It's true for all of you. But first, a little bit of business. I've gotten a bunch of emails from y'all, which is my favorite. It's so fun to get to know you and hear how you're using the tools. I record this podcast sitting alone in my living room. And so to hear from you guys and hear that you're listening to it and you're learning and you're applying what you're learning is just the coolest thing ever. You know, I almost became a law professor before I decided to make my Jewish parents cry by becoming a life coach <laughs> instead. That's the track I was on. I was um, I had a fellowship at Columbia and I was running a think tank there and I was supposed to become a law professor. And when I decided to become a coach, the one thing that I really thought I would miss is the teaching. But coaching is teaching. And I love that this format also allows me to really teach you guys at a high level and for all of you to learn and listen and re-listen and kind of take away what you need when you need it. So that is amazing. So I love hearing from you. A lot of you have been sending me emails asking how you can get help or perspective on your individual work situation. And I really wish I could answer all of your emails, but then I would not have time to record the next podcast. (laughs) It would be a full-time job. So really quickly, I just want to tell you the best way to get one-on-one help from me, which is possible. Every week, I offer three free mini coaching sessions. They're first come, first serve. It's very democratic. And in the sessions, we talk about what's going on in your work life. We really focus in on, you know, one particular problem because we only have half an hour. And I coach you about how you can learn to think differently about whatever is stressing you out. So it's basically like the podcast, but it's in real time and it's tailored to your specific situation. I also share some information about how to work with me further if that's something you're interested in. But if you're not, it's no problem. There's never any pressure because I only work with people who are all in on working with me. So either way, you walk away with an individualized advice and a really concrete new thought to practice. That's my goal for any mini session is I want a person to have a new thought, at least one, that they're going to practice 
based on whatever their individual set of existing thoughts and work problems are. So if you want to sign up for one of those, you can go to www.thelawyerstresssolution.com forward slash mini session. So it's just the address is the podcast forward slash mini session and sign up there. And the link will also be in the show notes for this episode. Okay, so let's talk about the secret to being a better lawyer. First, let's talk about what is not the secret. There are two things that most of you think would make you a better lawyer, and they are both wrong. The first one is working harder. This is not the answer. This is actually completely counterproductive. So every single client I've ever had who thinks they don't work hard enough are actually usually working too hard. Telling yourself that you don't work hard enough generally makes you feel anxious and ashamed. And those feelings actually drain your mental energy. So you work less hard. And I love this because every new client I have tells me that one of their problems is that they're not as efficient as everyone else and they're not working as hard as everyone else. I just have to laugh because since I talk to hundreds of you and all of you say the same thing to me, the math doesn't add up right? It can't really be true that everyone else is working harder and being more efficient because all of you are coming to me and telling me that you think that about everyone else, right? So it can't be accurate. I don't know where this sort of preoccupation with not working hard enough comes from. I think probably some of us are susceptible to it anyway. And then in law school, you look around and, you know, there are people who are working harder than anything you've seen in your entire life. And you just start to feel already like you're behind and not working hard enough. So most of my clients come to me and they think that they need to work harder. That's actually not true. What's ironic is that it is true that you are being less efficient and productive than you could be, which we're going to talk about in a minute. But it's not because you need to work harder. It's not because you need to like buckle down and muscle through more, which is what you all think. The other thing that most of my clients think would make them a better lawyer is basically being someone else. I'm not even kidding about that. So many lawyers, for some reason, develop the idea that legal acumen is just innate. Like you're just born with it. Like you have brown hair, blue eyes, you are nine pounds, 21 inches. I don't know how long babies really are. And also had a 97% intuitive legal ability. (laughs) Like that's how lawyers think, which I completely understand. I used to think this. So when I transitioned from litigation to academia, this is before I'd found the coaching work, before I developed my own version of this work. And so I had a lot of insane thoughts. And I had this thought, and I would say this to people all the time, like it totally made sense. I would say to them, well, I'm just not naturally an academic. Like I delivered this piece of information all the time as though it was a totally coherent, logical thing to say, as though some people were naturally academics, which makes no sense, right? Academia is a very particular discipline with a very particular set of kind of rhetorical and analytical tools that nobody is born knowing, right? Babies do not come out of the womb well-versed in rhetoric. But I would say this all the time. I totally believed it, and I thought it totally made sense. Some people are naturally academic, and I was not one of them. So I'm very familiar with this kind of thought system error, this brain error. But lawyers generally seem to believe that legal ability is innate. I don't know if that's true in other professions. I don't know if doctors all think that medical ability is innate. But lawyers develop this idea, ironically, in the place they go where they are taught to be lawyers, right? People pick up this idea in law school for some reason, even though the very existence of law school shows you that it's a highly artificially induced particular 
kind of education and set of rhetorical and analytical tools that you learn that make you a lawyer. So in any case, that's what people think is wrong with them. They need to work harder and they just need to kind of naturally be a better lawyer. So neither of those things are what will make you a better lawyer. You can't work any harder than you do. And the harder you try to work, the less work you do, which I'm going to talk about in a minute. But in any case, it's, you know, the more you try, the less results you get. And then just being naturally a better lawyer. Those are the two things that lawyers think would make them better. Here's what's actually the secret to being a better lawyer. Managing your mind. So managing your mind sounds complicated, but here's all it means. Number one, become aware of what you are thinking. Number two, change your thoughts on purpose. That's it. That's how you become a better lawyer. I talk a lot on this podcast about how changing your thoughts can help you feel better and be less stressed out. But changing your thoughts can also help you improve your actual job performance in several ways. And I can't cover them all in this podcast. This is what I work with people on when I work with them one-on-one. But today I'm going to go into the top three areas where my clients see the most improvement from coaching. And are these are really the top three ways I think that coaching and managing your mind, whether you're working with a coach or yourself coaching, right? If you're applying what you learn in these podcasts, you're coaching yourself. That's what you're doing. These are the top three areas where coaching, whether from yourself or from someone else, makes you a better lawyer. Those are number one, time management and productivity. Number two, your actual analytical skills. And number three, your confidence. All three of these are essential to being a successful lawyer, right? So I'm going to talk about how managing your mind helps you improve in each of them. So first one is time management. Most lawyers report that they feel overwhelmed and overworked right? And in my experience, everybody has a reason that it's worse for them. Like big law lawyers believe that it's worse than big law. And then solo practitioners will tell you it's worse being a solo practitioner. Everyone thinks they have it worst, right? Everyone thinks they have too much work. I'm not going to tell you that being a lawyer doesn't involve a lot of work, right? It does, obviously, you know, billing requirements exist. But what I am going to tell you is that your work is taking you longer than it needs to, Now, you may already think that. You think my work takes me too long because there's something wrong with me. I'm not smart enough. I'm not efficient enough. I'm not a good lawyer. That's not why. Your work is taking longer than it needs to because you are so stressed out. This is so crucial because all of us grow up with this cultural message that stressing ourselves out will make us get more done faster. I completely blame this on the Puritans and maybe like some of capitalism also. From the Puritans, I think we get this idea that self-flagellation produces improvement and virtue, right? So if you constantly tell yourself how much you're screwing up, you'll do better. This is 100% incorrect, and it's 100% backwards. Being stressed out makes you less efficient. This is easy to prove, right? Just think about it. When you're anxious, do you find it harder or easier to focus? Is it harder or easier to concentrate? Right? Have you ever thought, man, I really need to focus, so I just I should produce some anxiety. <laughs> I really need to write this paper. I just need to feel more anxious. Being anxious makes you slower at whatever you are trying to do. Your brain is wired to obsess over the thing it perceives as dangerous and to keep thinking about it until it goes away. And we talked about this in one of the early episodes, I think number two, about what creates anxiety right? What creates anxiety is your brain perceiving a danger and you are wired to obsess about that danger. 
When you're telling yourself you're in danger because you have too much work, your brain just keeps thinking over and over about how there's too much work. Your brain is not smart enough on its own to solve the problem by actually doing the work, right? Even though that seems logical, like, okay, well, if the to-do list is the danger, then obviously the solution would be for me to get through the to-do list. That makes logical sense. That is not how the lizard part of your brain works. And the lizard part of your brain is what creates the stress. The lizard part of your brain just obsessively thinks about how there's too much work, right? It doesn't want you to ever forget about the danger because you might get eaten. That's how your lizard brain thinks. So when your lizard brain thinks there's a danger, like you have too much work, right, and your thoughts about what that means, that you're going to be behind, that people are going to be unhappy with you, that you won't succeed, right, that's the danger that your brain sees. When your brain sees that danger, it's just going to constantly remind you about it because it doesn't want you to forget because you might get eaten and die. That's how that part of your brain thinks. So the reason your workload seems impossible is that no matter how hard you are working, If you're experiencing anxiety and stress, you're automatically working less efficiently than you would if you were not stressed out. When you are practicing managing your mind so that you're not stressed or anxious, your productivity and efficiency goes way up. So I see this over and over, even with clients who think they're so busy that they couldn't possibly see any improvement. You're not as busy as you think you are. You are just less efficient than you could be. And it's because of the stress and anxiety. The second way that managing your mind makes you a better lawyer is that it makes you a better thinker. You're actually smarter when you're not stressed out and you're much less likely to make mistakes. Again, think about it. When you're anxious, do you find it easy to think clearly? Can you deal with complex ideas and see multiple angles? No. When you're anxious, you can't think clearly. You're much more likely to miss something or make a mistake. So I'm going to tell you two stories that really illustrate this, the way that stress and anxiety make you more likely to make sort of stupid mistakes and also analytical mistakes. So when I graduated law school, the first thing I did was I went and I clerked on the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. So, you know, I clerked on a federal appeals court and I felt like I had no idea what I was doing, which was probably accurate. (laughs) I didn't really know what I was doing. I guess you get out of law school, you don't know that much. And there were four of us clerks, of course, but the way my judge did it, two of the clerks had already been there for a year, so he staggered us. And then I was starting with another new clerk, but that new clerk had already clerked on the district court. So I feel like everybody else knew more than I did. And I had about 0% confidence in my abilities as a lawyer. So when I got there, because of the timing of the sittings, we were not sitting again until maybe November. I think I started clerking in August, and I, and I think we weren't sitting again until November. So I had a long lead-up period, which meant I had plenty of time to procrastinate. Eventually, right, the procrastination got too intense, and the deadline was coming up to send the bench memo around to the other judges' chambers, the other clerks. So I had to write something. I was incredibly stressed out and anxious about it and had no confidence in my abilities. And I was working on a case about a challenge to sentencing guidelines under the Sentencing Commission. And I was so stressed out that I ended up concocting this much too complex theory that basically boiled down to saying that Congress didn't have the authority to amend the sentencing guidelines, right? Which is totally wrong. But I couldn't see that because I was so anxious and stressed out that I couldn't remember basic principles about how the branches of government worked, right? And who had the authority to do what? So I actually, you know, I worked on this thing for like a week or two weeks straight. 
I was super stressed out about it. I sent it out. I clicked send to send it out to the other chambers. And literally the minute I hit send, I realized what I had done, right? Because it wasn't that I wasn't smart enough or that I didn't even know the principles I needed to reach the correct decision. It was that I was so stressed out by the impending deadline and my own thoughts about how I couldn't do it that I came up with the wrong answer. And then the minute I hit send, when that anxiety was done, right, when I thought that I that it had gone out and the immediate threat was removed, that's when my brain came up with the right answer. So then I had to email everybody and ask them, you know, not to read it. Thankfully, it was like a Friday night or something. And I had to rewrite the whole thing over the weekend with the correct result. So that is what happens when you are so stressed out. It didn't have anything to do with the fact that I had just graduated law school and didn't really know anything because I knew that much. I figured it out the minute I hit send, right? But the sort of confusion and interference that the stress and anxiety were creating caused me to make this really elementary mistake. And it didn't seem elementary. I built up this whole complicated theory. I wrote like a 20-page bench memo about it. But it was a simple mistake when I was able to see clearly. The other time that I made a mistake was pretty similar. When I was litigating, I was working on impact litigation, and I had a really tense relationship with my supervising attorney on my case. I was like pretty much just terrified of her. And we were working on a huge case that we had literally nine days to put together because it was nonprofit impact litigation. So we were suing a state and the state had passed this law and put it into effect almost immediately. And now obviously there were going to be due process challenges and all sorts of things, but we still had to you know, bring the challenge in the meantime and we only had nine days. I was really anxious and stressed all the time. We were working in shifts, like I would sleep six hours and then get up and work and then she would sleep. It was crazy. And I was so I was really inefficient and not thinking clearly. And I was so kind of terrified of her and really insecure about my own abilities, just created this kind of toxic mental brew. So what I did was I wrote an entire brief using the concurrence of a state Supreme Court case, which I mistook for the majority opinion. I did not see that. But the supervising attorney on the case did, obviously, right? So I had been thinking the thought that I wasn't a good lawyer and I couldn't hack it right? And that I didn't know what I was doing. And those thoughts created so much stress and anxiety that I made a totally rookie mistake. I proved it true, right? I created a situation in which I seemed to not know what I was doing. That's the kind of mistake you make when you're so stressed out and anxious that you can't sort of focus and absorb information correctly. And I also want to pause and just note, right? Those are two really dumb mistakes, And I know a lot of you are so petrified of making mistakes, right? Most of my clients are terrified. Most of them have not made the mistakes I did. But I made those mistakes and there were no negative impacts on my career. My clerkship went fine. I got the one fellowship that was available in the country in my field when I finished my clerkship. I got fellowships at Yale and Columbia after my litigation time, right? We are so petrified that any mistake is going to derail our career, and it's really not true. Those are two pretty dumb mistakes I made, and they did not derail my whole career. So that's a side note. But because I get so many clients who are so terrified of making mistakes, I try to tell my mistake stories at any opportunity because there's nothing wrong with them. There's nothing to be ashamed about. We all make mistakes, and they really aren't fatal most of the time. I mean, we're not surgeons. Those people make fatal mistakes. All right. So as those stories prove, when you're thinking thoughts about how you aren't good enough or you can't get it done, you actually create that result for yourself, right? Your analytic ability is compromised. You can't think clearly when you're anxious 
And you also will make mistakes of the kind of oversight kind, like not realizing that a concurrence isn't a majority opinion, right? Both an analytic mistake in terms of the sentencing commission story and a kind of oversight mistake, but an important one in terms of the concurrence majority opinion. Both of those kinds of mistakes are much more likely to happen when you are anxious and stressed out. The third way that managing your mind improves your job performance is that it dramatically improves your confidence. This is important for all lawyers, for sure, but I think it's especially important for younger associates and especially, especially important for women, right, who deal with more feelings of imposter syndrome and insecurity and who are who leave the legal profession at higher rates. And confidence is really important to your success, both inside and outside the firm. Right Inside the firm, you need to build a reputation as someone competent, capable, and trustworthy. Confidence helps convince people that you are those things. I mean, you really should be those things, and most of you are. But if you don't believe you are, it's hard to convince other people that you are. Confidence also helps you genuinely connect to other people and build the kinds of relationships and alliances that you need to advance in your career, whether you stay at the firm or eventually branch out. And when you're insecure and not confident and you think everyone else has it together, you have a harder time relating to other people and you have a harder time building those kinds of mentorship relationships that can really help support you and help you grow in your career or alliances with your colleagues who are more on your level. When you believe everyone else knows what they're doing and you don't, you'll feel really ashamed and you'll feel isolated and you won't be able to reach out and build those relationships. And especially if you are someone who needs to bring in business, right? Feeling confident about your own abilities and about what you can offer is the absolute key to sales, right? And bringing in business in a law firm is being in sales, which, you know, most people, they certainly don't teach you anything in law school. And then, you know, some of your firms do offer good training in that and some of them don't. But confidence is the key to all of that. Confidence is also crucial because being a lawyer means interacting with opposing counsel. So whether it's in court or it's a negotiation, Right, whether it's about a contract or about a plea agreement, whatever it is, you need to approach opposing counsel with confidence. Right. I mean, for a lot of lawyers, they do see part of their job as being sizing up the lawyers on the other side and seeing how far they can be kind of intimidated or bullied. You know, it would be nice if that wasn't that case, but as we talk about a lot in this podcast, lawyers are trained to be adversarial. So often that is how opposing counsel will approach the interaction especially if you're a young associate or especially if you're a woman. So given that, you want to be able to feel rock solid in your own abilities. Right? You want to be able to believe that you deserve to be where you are and that you can hold your own. And the irony is that the more confident you are, the less opposing counsel's behavior will bother you. The more secure you feel in your abilities, the better you perform and the less you care what anyone else thinks. The trick about confidence is that we all think that we need external events to happen so we can feel confident, right? Once I win a case, once I'm the lead on a big negotiation, once I get a promotion, once I make partner, then I'll feel confident. It's the exact opposite. You have to feel confident to make those things happen. The feeling has to come first, right? And the feeling comes from your thoughts, Changing your thoughts that you are thinking thoughts that produce confidence for you is how you get those accomplishments to happen. How do you convince people that you're ready to be the lead on a big negotiation? By acting confident and backing up that confidence with results. Right? How do you show that you're ready to make partner? By being confident already. 
So those are three of the main ways that managing your mind improves your performance as a lawyer. It's not just about feeling better. It's about actually being better at your job. And practicing what you've been learning in these podcasts will help you be better at your job. It's so important because so many lawyers feel guilty or frivolous spending any time on feeling better, right? Either they don't believe it's possible to feel better or they think that that doesn't matter, that they don't deserve to feel better, that they're stressed or anxious for a reason, right? It's because they're not good enough. And so why should they feel better? It's not possible to feel better. No, that's crazy. You deserve to feel less stressed and anxious. You really do. You deserve to feel better about yourself and your job. I know that. But even if you don't believe that yet, I know that being good at your job is important to you. And practicing these tools I am teaching you will make you better at your job. So manage your mind and the rest will follow. Maybe that should be my new motto now that I think about it. You guys try it out. Let me know. And remember, if you want individual help, you can hop over to www.thelawyerstresssolution.com forward slash mini session to sign up for a free session. And I look forward to talking to some of you soon. I'll be back in your podcast inboxes next week. Bye. If this episode resonated with you, you need to come check out The Clutch. Because once you've learned how to coach yourself, we have an entire bonus workbook on overcoming work stress. Take you through exercises to deal with overwhelm, to deal with difficult colleagues or bosses, to deal with anxiety, imposter syndrome, worry about your work life, overwhelm, everything that impacts you at work. Plus, you can get access to daily support and expert coaching to help you manage your anxiety around literally anything that can come up in the office or at home. You can learn how to overcome imposter syndrome, avoid burnout, and show up confidently at work. I know it's possible because I've done this work on myself. You can sign up at unfuckyourbrain.com forward slash the clutch, or you can just text your email address to 347-934-8861, and we will send you a link right to your phone where you can check out all the information. It's my favorite place in the world, and I cannot wait to share it with you. 